of the nation that forgets God shall be just dumped in the garbage bin. Amen. That's better than swearing. Garbage bin. ATL is a bad word. Chapter 1, Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show his servants. I want of you guys to feel the servants of God right now. This was just to apostle. They were dead. This was not written to the apostle. Do you hear me, folks? This was not written to the apostle. They are they were dead. The only surviving apostle was John. And God said, go tell my servant. If you live for God, you're a servant of God. The singers a while ago were just serving God. They're worshiping him. He was in the song. He was tapping his feet. He was nodding his head. He was waving his hands. He told the angel, they're singing about me. Hallelujah. Can somebody give a hand clap to Jesus? Put your Bible down and give God a hand clap. Amen. Your servants. He said, God said, I want to show you some things that must shortly come to pass. Now, sit up for a while, folks. That is the word of God. If you are a child of God, this belongs to you. This book was not written to sinners. I can prove it to you. He said, unto the aid of the church, write. The book ends this way. I, Jesus, notice here, I, not we, Jesus, I, Jesus, sent mine angels to testify Everything you just read to all the churches. Folks, can you hear me? That's how the book ends. I, Jesus, sent mine angel to testify. Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way to 22nd chapter of Revelation. It's to the church. So I'm not disturbed that the world don't want to listen to this. I don't even hear it. It doesn't belong to them. Amen. When somebody writes me a letter, my neighbors don't read it. Oh, I left it in my garbage bin. But I didn't let my neighbor read my letter. This wrote to us. The revelation of Jesus Christ. And the Lord spoke about you and me many years ago. So Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. Because you touch me. But more blessed are they that believe and have not seen me. Mm, I like that. And the same writer of John in the Revelation here said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know when we see him, when I see Jesus, I'm going to look like him. Praise God. Paul says, whom having not seen, yet you love, 
with joy unspeakable. Everything in the Old Testament was to prepare for the new. In fact, the symbolism were prophetic. The Bible says Eliezer went all the way long distance across the desert to find a girl called Rebecca. He met Rebecca and told us some things about a, a man she may marry someday, and she passed the test. He said, I'm going to take her back to my master's son. And she didn't realize what she was feeding all that time as a servant to the camels would be the thing to take her across the desert to go marry the man she'd never seen before, never heard his voice. But on the basis of the testimony of that faithful servant, Eleazar, who left a prayer meeting and said, God, let me find the right girl for my master. Because the, 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 the oath was, do not bring my son down to her level. Bring her up to where I'm at. Most church look, bring her up. We're going to be caught up, not brought down, but go up to his level. Get the revelation. I'm talking about things that will come to pass in a few days from now. Amen. And she said, oh, she said girl, will you go? She said, I will go. The family said, don't go. She said, I want to go. I'm going to go, family. Now, the family didn't go with her, but she went. Hallelujah. Never saw Isaac once in her life. Never heard of him. But what the man said about her, she liked what she heard. She said, I'll go. And these gifts that I have come from him. That's why God gives the gifts of the Spirit. It comes from him. Amen. He says, I'll go. The gifts I've seen, I love those gifts. Well, the guy says, where I come from, there's a whole lot more of these. If you make the journey, there's a whole lot more waiting for you. If you'll come along with us. He said, I'll go. So she went on the camel. Throw a family goodbye, crossed the desert, and she looked a long ways off and saw a guy in the field all by himself. She said, who's that guy? She said, that's the man you're going to marry. Hallelujah. She put her veil on, and the Bible says she became his wife. I want to tell you, church, God has a bride on earth. You have not seen him yet. But you love him based on the preaching of the word of God. I love what I heard and I want to go. Hallelujah. And the Lord makes us a promise in the 14th chapter of John that where I am, where I am, you will be also. Let me tell you the fulfillment of that scripture. In chapter 21. And 22, Revelation, that's what he went to prepare. Based on John's writing, it's already done. Revelation says it's already done. So he's not in heaven meaning six billion, trillion, quintillion years to make the, like the evolutionist says. He said it is done. There's a new heaven and a new earth waiting for a descending but it can't happen until Christ is revealed first to the church and then to the world. Now, the devil already know him. So the devil can spot him a mile off. Amen. The devil says, hey, I know Jesus. And I know Paul. But who are you? Peter, I know. Paul, I know. John, I know. But who are you? The devil knows Jesus. 
I said, he knows him. And then the Bible said that Jesus told the, told the devils, be quiet. Be quiet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Moses said, Lord, show me thy glory, and I'll be satisfied. I said, oh, you can't see that. I should have behind the part. But right at the Mount of Transfiguration, I think in Matthew, Mark 7, Jesus showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and here come Elijah. Before you know this, Elijah and Moses showed up on a mountain beside Jesus. And the Bible said they all start shining, but Jesus outshone them all. His face was above the sun. And they looked at him, and they fell as dead. And a voice says, this is my beloved son. Hear he him. When the apostles woke up and looked around, they said, we saw Jesus only. Nobody else is here. Because that's all there is. And Jesus says, don't tell anybody what you've seen until I leave. Now, church, people are not going to see Jesus like we're going to see Jesus. There is a difference between seeing Jesus as the ascent of days or seeing as the bridegroom. As the bridegroom is a tire for marriage. Amen. The Bible describes him as a bridegroom. In the book of Daniel chapter 7, it's called the son of man or the ancient of days. It depends on who he's looking at. If he's looking at the world, he is the ancient of days. If you look at the church, he's the son of man because he married a woman on earth called the bride of Christ. And he wants her to see him in his glory. He said, Father, I would that they see me. Now, he's not praying somebody else. He's just saying, look. I want you to see me in my divinity, not my humanity. I want you to see me in my glory and my splendor that I always had before I came down here because he toned it down. There's one thing Jesus Christ begged on earth was to die. He wanted to die. He begged to die. He chose to die because he knew if he died, he could lift all men onto himself. Amen. Now, it says the revelation of Jesus. What time is it to the world today? In fact, let me ask a question here. You're in church this tonight. Why are you in church? Where do you plan to end up? What will be the end of your faith? You mean we just come to church on Tuesday and pray for an hour? Come to church on Friday, have a two, three-hour Bible study, come on Sunday morning, shout and juke and jive, and come back on Sunday morning tonight and do it again? The world will think we're a bunch of crackers people, crazy people. Or does it lead somewhere? Is there an end to all of this? It's a journey. It's a journey. And every journey must have a destination. I want to talk to you tonight about the first coming. The first coming was a direct fulfillment of prophecy that Daniel saw. Daniel predicted on the sixth and ninth week of his prophetic vision, Jesus Christ would come. And then he said, after the sixth and ninth week, the Messiah, Christ, would be cut off. That man walking in, in, in leathers, sandals, was the man Christ Jesus. That was the Messiah. He's coming, and he came the first time. Nobody knew he came 
until three years after. That's when they knew he came. In fact, it took some distant wise men to tell them that he came. Amen. Herod was two years late. Israel was three years late. And the world still don't think he's arrived at the gate yet. But he came and gone. Because the angel made a prophetic word. This same Jesus that you see go up into heaven. Church, that's a secret departure. The first time he came, it was secret. Mary alone knew it. The only person who knew the name he should have was Mary. Because Gabriel told her his name shall be called Jesus. All those many annals of years where people ask him, what is his name? What should we call him? And the angel came and said, his name shall be called Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Then we learn from the apostles, there is no other name given among men or among the apostles of the patriarch, whereby you must be saved. So the name Jesus Christ supersedes all the names that we can think of. That's a revelation of his person and his name. If you don't know his name, you don't know him at all. Because the most sacred thing a person has is his name. God is jealous for his name. Type Pastor Jesus. Give the praise. Now, the first coming is history. Four thousand years people talked about his coming. The prophet, the patriarch, the judges, the annals, the writings said he's coming. And when he came, nobody was ready for him. He walked for several years in shoe leather, and no one knew that was Jesus Christ. Went to market, <laughs> bought a lamb, played with his friends, went to Jewish school, and nobody recognized this is God amongst us. Emmanuel, Isaiah 6, a child is born, a son is given, and his name shall be called. Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Who was that person? Jesus Christ. And yet, in the temple, age 12, he stood there and prophesied to them, asked questions, and no recognized who he is. Think about it. It's going to be the same way at the second coming, with a difference. Now, we learn from his ministry some prophetic teachings. Now, I give it to you several times. I'm not sure what you do with them. But in the book of Matthew 24, go there. You need to go there often. If you have any common sense at all about life, you will spend a lot of time reading what Jesus said. Because those are his last words before he left earth. Matthew 24. If you have any perception at all, you'll realize what Jesus said is being fulfilled. In fact, you should be able to right now Scroll down all the verses and point your finger and say, here is where we are. This is happening now. In other words, Christ cannot be revealed until these things come to pass. Just like the Holy Ghost, he told the apostles, it's experience, boys, that I go away. If I don't go away, the comforter can't come. You know why? Because he is the comforter. But in his present form, he couldn't be in them like he wanted to be with them. He said, I must go away 
that what you want may happen. He was God with us, and when he came back, it's Christ in us. The hope of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Jesus Christ told the apostles the future of our present world. It's happening before your eyes. You understand that? You should know you're not too far from home going. There's a home going that await the church of the living God. The people of God have a destination. Now, if you don't want to go, the world will give you a reason to go because they will persecute you. They will prosecute you. They will deny you a lot of rights. They will ostracize you. They will, amen, try to assimilate you or desecrate you. They will do a lot of stuff to you to make you want to leave. They will put you in a situation where you start praying, Come, Lord Jesus. You ask Israel about it. Pharaoh rose up and gave Israel a reason to cooperate with Moses. They waited 40 years beyond the time. But 40 years later, they had to come and say, Yes, Moses, they're ready to go. They're going to kill us all. They were glad to go. Now, in that chapter, I'm asking you, church, don't be an ostrich. Get your head in the book and out of the sand. Understand the roadmap. Matthew 24 is the roadmap and the CNN for today. Nobody is more accurate and precise as that book. It's archaeologically sound, doctrinally right, predictable, okay, and you are not wise, not paying attention. God said anybody that know and hear these things of mine and make no use of them is a man building on shifting sand, and your house is going to fall because the storm going to come. Now, church, read in that book. He says the end is not yet. Find it. He says the end is not yet, but. You're seeing the beginning of sorrow. Well, Pastor Neil, I don't have no sorrow in my family except my greed for things I don't need. Honey, we are seeing distress of nations. You're hearing about perplexities of nations. Not just hundreds or thousands, but several thousands even going to the millions of displaced persons on every continent of our earth. People running for their lives. Not to mention starving. Not to mention drowning. Not to mention rioting. Not to mention persona no grata. It's just like the book said it would. And yet we're told the end is not yet. It's just the beginning of sorrow. But what I'm trying to tell you, the earth is groaning for a coming Messiah. They're not crying for Antichrist. They're crying for the Christ. They want a real peacemaker. And God, I told this morning, is hiding from our world. Now, friend, the most frightened time of a child in any store or shopping mall is when they miss 
connection with mommy or daddy. Can I name it out there? Can I have a name in out there? Can I have a name in out there? I've seen frightened kids in shopping mall. You think you're murdering them. They're screaming, shouting, and all that happened, they got displaced from their protectorate, from mommy and daddy hands, and they're screaming. You can see the terror in their eyes. Let me tell you, the only person who don't knows what's going on is an ostrich whose head is buried in the sand. Well, I'm telling you, my friend, my Bible tells me when I see and hear these things, I shall look up. Hallelujah. You can't climb a mountain without looking up. Praise God. Why? Because my redemption draweth nigh. Now, I believe every event that's happening now, in fact, before now and right now and years to come, days to come, is happening to fulfill this book. I'm going to tell you who runs the world right now. The book of Revelation is running the world. Matthew predicted, the epistles endorsed it, and Revelation is fulfilling it. And all you and I are doing right now is acting out on stage. We're all actors. We're all performers. We got our entrance and our exit. Every prime minister, every election, every storm, every tornado, every war, every ISIS, every coup d'etat, it's just a performance of what God said would happen. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdoms, hatred, animosities, love many wax cold, all that is here. There's killings and murder and genocide. It's worse than the days of Noah. Much more wicked than days of Lot, it is here. But what's happening? The earth is waiting for the revelation of the Creator to step right in. This is not like 911 when you call 911, you wait five hours for a response. Hello, hello. When I hear the world, and I see a situation in life. What I do is I go right back like an airplane pilot and look at the manual. Man 24, these things need to come to pass. But the end is not yet. It's not yet. Let me give you something that the Bible talks about. It says, when these things happen, look up. I want you to notice here. And then God says, it leads somewhere into great tribulation such as the world has never seen. We thought World War II was the final, you know, disaster of humanity. People believe that. Amen. But we have more weapons to kill more people in a second than we ever had in the history of man. We don't even need an army to kill people. We can stay right in your office and push a boat and wipe out an entire nation. In fact, every Caribbean island can be wiped up by the armory of China, Russia, and the USA if they wanted to. If God would let them, they could push a button and the Caribbean island would cease to exist. Amen. And every island would flee away because they got that power. But thank God we know who, who let, will let until he 
is taken out of the way. I still believe this is happening right now. The day when Jehu got a revelation from God, destroyed all the Baal worshipers, and he knew there were some compromise of God's people that didn't do the right thing, and they were in a place they should not be. I'm going to prove to you now witchcraft is everywhere. You better be careful where you put yourself. If you don't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Satan can capture you at will, possess your persona, and make you become what they call schizophrenic or mad or foolish or depressed or oppressed. I'm not asking, I'm telling you. The same way he can go into swines, he can go into human beings. The same way a man can lose his identity and call himself what? Legions. So can you. The devil has not lost his ambition to take over your body, your mind, and your spirit. And the Bible says, give no place to the devil. And so there's the house of Jehu, I mean the house of Baal. And the man of God said, now, boys, put your sword on. We're going to have a little sacrifice here. We're going to sacrifice to Baal. Get all the Baal worshipers. And the Bible says from wall to wall, the building was packed. Hey, we're always outnumbered. And the world think money and numbers is the way to go. That's how Constantine got us. He made us focus on numbers and money. Amen. And gave the church a tax break. Hello. And give them an allowance to build a building and took over the church. Today we got the papal system. But the papal system came right from the idea of Constantine. That's right. That's where it started in 313 A.D. Amen. And now you see what happened? He said, now, I want to tell all the JW worshipers, I don't mean JW like today, what means Jehovah worshipers, YHWH, tell them all to come out. A large number came out. And they said, now put on your sword and go in there and kill everything that is in that building. Now, church, God did not appoint his people unto wrath. That is a prophecy. God is calling his church members, compromisers, out of false churches, out of false religion. Come out before the sword start and swing, swung. Amen. And so he brought them out, and God said, kill them all. He said, I don't believe it. Now let's go to Ezekiel chapter 9. And read chapter 9 again. And God told the angel, come on, get the inkhorn and go on there and write on the forehead of the people that belongs to God. And those who don't have the mark, say them all. God will not appoint his people unto wrath. If you perish, you chose to perish. Because God said, I did not want you to go through that great tribulation. I want you to escape. God always have a way of escape for his God-chosen people. I give an example. When the, when the death angel passed through Egypt, he could not go into a house where the blood was applied. It's still true today. That's prophecy of what's going to happen today. Amen. When Lot was in Sodom, he was unworthy of salvation, but the prayer of a good man brought him out. And the Bible says, the angel says, I cannot do anything until you are taken out of this place. And then the fire came. Can't say hallelujah. 
Amen. I can prove it to you again. We go to Noah's day, and Noah, amen, God said, Noah, get on the ark, because you alone I see worthy of my salvation. And then the flood came, and they knew not when he went in. Church, the rapture of the church will be the same way. You don't sound too excited. It's all right. I'm excited. I said, I'm excited. I don't plan to go down with the ship. Praise the Lord. Now, Matthew says, after all these sorrows and all these persecutions of Christians and Jews, then there shall be great tribulation. No sure the Antichrist is not even mentioned. Okay. He's not even mentioned. God is talking about the troubles that's going to plague our world, and they're plaguing our world right now. The whole world is not quite as we are. There are bombs falling right now. Every second the clock tick, bombs are dropping. Terrorists are beheading people. People are being crucified, literally crucified. People are being slaughtered, murdered around our world. Don't ask me why are we so blessed that we escape all those things on the earth. But thank God we are blessed. Hallelujah. And we should be praying for the persecuted people around the world. Because, amen, lest we become like Esther and think we can hide in the palace. Amen. But amen, then David hits us. But let's pray for those who are captives in these wicked hands out there. Come on, church. All the time, Jesus Christ said, I didn't appoint you into wrath. But to obtain salvation. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Go with me to the fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. And here's the wise man Paul, right to you and me, telling us that of the day and the times and the season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. Now, you ought to know this. I've preached it several times. Since 1980, I've been preaching this in the city. I've been telling folks all along. I've been proven wrong yet. All they can say is fulfill the pastor. For the Lord's coming will not come. Huh? Next verse. Verse 2. Oh, I know, sure. For you know, the day though will not come until certain things are in place. In other words, the revelation of Jesus Christ must be preceded by specific world events. At what point in time in our history of living on earth, church, are you going to realize, trust the word, trust the word. He proved it true before. It happened before. It's happening right now. Why wouldn't I believe the rest of the story? Hello? He's coming as a thief in the night. Now, you know the last thief that came to your house, he advertised that coming to your house at 5 o'clock. I'm wearing a green, a green shirt and a blue pants. Come on now, the black shoes, the yellow socks. Look out for me. I'll be there to beat you at the door. No, no, no. That thief watch you night and day. Pick up your pattern and come between the slack moments. Amen? And steal your valuables. In case you don't know it, your soul is your valuables. 
the most valued thing you have on earth is your soul. Hear me, church. Hear me, church. Hallelujah. Many are called, but few are chosen to go with Jesus Christ. You better pray that your calling and election be sure. And you got to work out your own salvation if you plan to go because the times are telling us. That says they're going to be on this world a cry for peace and safety. All right? September 24th, which is a few days from now, the Pope and all the world leaders are coming together. What are they crying for? Peace and they want safety. What does the UN want? Peace. Come on, say it. You know the truth. If you don't know, tell me you don't know, and I won't ask you. What does the world want? And what? Are they crying for that? What do they want? In other words, put aside all our differences. Put aside our hang-ups. We don't care if you're religious or atheist. We're just all God's people, he said. Hello? And the Pope going to usher in that moment. And let's have a share all for one and one for all. Hello? We don't want any system, but we have a socialist system. Sounds good. We're going to share our bread because after all, the Bible says your, your meal will be weighed in the balance. And your wages can't pay for it. Hello? In California alone, one fire wiped out 100 mega homes. They're, they're homeless. They're penniless. Hello? They lost it in one second. One moment, it's gone. And that's only the beginning of a situation. In countries, entire cities are wiped out. Katrina gave us an example. But it says, when they call peace and safety, church, but God is saying after the Pope leaves the United States, expect sudden destruction. Now, Pastor, near a doom day, you know, calling wolf, wolf, wolf. The sky is falling. No, my friend, the Bible says so. And God says, show my people that they go not down with them. After they cry and think they got peace and safety, somebody, somewhere, are going to push the button. It happened to World War II. Chamberlain just signed a peace treaty like America just did with Iran. And by the time he's on his way around, hey man, they capture a lot of country like Poland and a whole lot more. They said, I won't do any, I won't go any further. Next thing you know, you want Russia and England. And pretty soon the whole world is in conflagration and just about wipe out all the Jews. But it happened only after a peace and safety treaty was brought into existence. And that's just the beginning of sorrow. These are forerunners of things to come. Let's thank God we're free. He said sudden destruction. The word sudden means unannounced. Like Hiroshima got bombed. Like Pearl Harbor got bombed. Hello. Like right now, uh, the country, uh, that, that Ukrainian country got invaded without warning. 
like Prague got, amen, evaded, amen. Nobody expected it, but it happened. Suddenly, sudden destruction. And the Bible said, now you mothers should understand this, they're going to be travailing as a woman to give birth. somebody. Every mother who have a hard pregnancy, you know what I'm talking about. Sorrowful. So the world is going to groan like that. And even creation is groaning. Church, all they're waiting for is for Jesus to step out of hiding and put an end to all this. The good news is there's coming a time when there will be a millennium of peace that the world has never seen. A time of one world system under one king, and his name one, but I'll tell you who that person is. It's not Rome, it's not Antichrist, it's not USA, it's not some Ukraine or some other European nation or African nation, no. Let's go on some more. In 70 AD, the prophecy of Paul and Jesus came to pass. Jerusalem was overrun by the Roman government who have the man called the Pope today. And I must remind you, the Bible says, they that pierce him are going to see his coming. That means when he comes, the one that pierced him are going to be in power and authority. Who are they talking about? Who pierced Jesus? The Jews didn't do it. The Jews sanctioned it, but the Roman carried it out. Just like today, religion is going to pass the rules and government going to enforce it. You know what I said? Amen. The gay, the gay law didn't start with the government. It started with religion. And then enforced by government. That's what's happening. Government enforcing religious laws on people who have conscience says no. Amen. It happened before. Now, stay with me. In 70 AD, Titus destroyed Jerusalem temple. Why? Because of Matthew 24 says it would. Just like the Bible says. And then we see in 175 AD, finally Jerusalem was raked over by a man called Emperor Hadrian. Again, Roman Emperor, which today we call Pope. Pope. Now the history shows you don't put the fox as caretaker of the chicken coop. And how silly God would be to make the Pope the head of the church when they crucify the builder of the church. Hello? And usurp his authority. God ain't that stupid. Hello, somebody. But somebody usurp the authority. Now, church, what you're seeing you're seeing Simon the saucer witchcrafting operation. And the unsuspecting world are saying that the Samaritan, this man got to be the most powerful man on earth. This has got to be the mind of God, the man of God. But all the time you bewitch them with what? Sorcery. Let's worship God. Sorcery. I'm going to prove to you that the Pope, amen, is of witchcraft and sorcery. He and Simon the sorcerer, is from the same college. It's called the College of the Cardinal. 
And that's not a football team either. So a wrecking team. Go with me. To book of Nam, chapter 3. Hallelujah. God spoke of this system in verse 4, chapter 3. Because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well, what is? Say the word, come on. Favored harlot. The mistress of witchcrafts that select nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcraft. Don't let that snake kiss your baby. That's a system of pedophilia. In the days of Judges, there were sodomites. They haven't changed. Who is the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcraft? What is he talking about? Chapter 17 of Revelation described her. You are seeing it happening right now. It's happening in our world. And she's about to deceive the kings of the earth. All of them, Russia, United States, the UN, and every of them come together. Amen. Eating out of her cup of sorcery. Doctrines of devils. Another Simon the sorcerer. Pointing off himself as the mighty man of God. But in reality, it's witchcraft in operation. Church, you that are like the trails on the periphery, be careful where you go to religious services. Be careful of these ecumenical prayer meetings where they tell you everybody can pray to their own God. Some pray to Krishna, some pray to Allah, huh? some pray to Buddha, some pray to Shinto. Hindu, you name it, you claim it, that's all right. Any God you want to pray, just pray. No! No! Elijah prayed alone. He didn't have no group prayer meeting. Come on, my friend. Paul and Silas prayed together of the same common faith. How can two walk together except they agreed? Come on, church. Don't be politically correct. Be correct. Be a child of God. Stand up for what you believe. Oh, I know they'll persecute you and lie against you. Well, that's all right. They did to Jesus also. What did what they call her in the book of Revelation, chapter 17? The woman with a scarlet color decked with gold and silver and stone and pearls. I mean, gold cup in her hand full of abomination. Of what? Any abomination you find in that papa system. Filthiness of her fornication. With whom the kings of the earth have committed what with her? Fornication. You know what that is, folks? They all passed the gay law which she called on. And she says, who am I to judge? You're right. You're doing it also. Hello? Next verse. 
And up on her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great mother of what? Huh? It's the same as St. Pontifex Maximus. High priest of the pagan gods. Why we tell people, you baptize in a so-called trendy formula, you baptize them to Rome. You baptize in the witchcraft. You baptize the paganism. Come out of her, my people. Oh, come out of her and touch not her filthy cups. Her unclean bread and her wine. Listen to this now, folks. The harlots and the abomination of the what? She's well favored by all religions, by all the kings of the earth. We don't. Next verse. And I saw the woman, us folks. You're going to tell you right now, the fox is the head of the chicken coop. Now I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered at her abomination. Tell the person beside you, we got persecuted many years ago. I want to show you some history of her during the year. She does the four. I want to find that show here. She and her. Nero in 5468, amen, did vows to the church. Domitian in 95, amen, A.D., forced the Christians to support a false religion called Capitolonus Jupiter. Pliny in 112, amen, killed thousands of Christians. Marcus Aurelius in 161 to 180, amen, ordered the persecution of Christians. Thesis persecuted them. And it goes on, and even Nero, and the list goes on and on and on. Christians have always been savagely attacked because we are a lamb before the slaughter. We don't carry weapons. Well, there she is, trunking with her blood, and yet claim to be the vicar of Christ. How can that be? Read on. Next verse, please. Verse 7. And the angel said, I'll show you where she sits. Now, in case you have any doubt tonight, God gave you her geographic location. God described her beyond the shadow of any doubt. There will only be four kingdoms on this earth. As far as God is concerned, only four. Head of gold, silver, brass, iron, iron and clay. And this is Rome. That's where we are right here. Eastern Division, the Greek Roman Catholic system, the Western Division, the Papal system, and now we are in the Ten Toes. We're right here. You can see how the rapture is about to take place and the church is about to be gone. You're in the very verge of it. The first four chapters of Revelation is God cleaning up this church, getting out of this church false prophet, false prophetess, false Christians, false preaching, and once he gets it all out, then chapter 4 and 5, you will be caught up to the throne room. Think about it, my beloved. God is doing America. Now, in 1948, something happened. Israel became a nation. The fig tree blossomed. Are you with me? In 1967, Jerusalem was regained back as the capital of the Jews, and now they're trying to take it from her again. They're trying to do it. The Pope all in agreement with it. In 1997, amen, 
we see something happen here. Egypt, who lost battle in, on the battlefield, signed a treaty, and uh, Mr. Arif, uh, 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 his name is called, this Egyptian king, he got killed. Anwar Sadat, he got killed. In trying to sign a peace treaty, he got killed. Then in 1981, something happened here. Greece became 10. All these countries are in the news. Look at the church. Iraq, Medo Persia, which is Iran, the Greece, and, and Rome. All these are in the news right now. You think that's an accident? You think it's an accident? You're so wrong. The fifth kingdom is going to be the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we're seeing a culmination of situation. Now, a generation, church, is 70 years. Write it down. I'm trying to tell you. Now, I don't know what's supposed to happen this year. People are telling some prophecy. I know nothing about it. But all I know right now, in 1981, amen, when B became 10, that was the fulfillment of Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 9. But the most provocative of all is 1948. Did you know in a few more days, the, the European, not, not European, but the UN will become 70 years old? Why is the Pope going around with all these leaders trying to compromise fellowship and partnership? They want a global unity. Like in the 10th chapter, 11th chapter of Genesis. A world government world system. I'm going to tell you right now, church, your name and my name is already on their list for a mark of the beast. And the problem is going to come when they ask you to take it. And then you say no. And they say, oh yes? Just like we put you in jail for not marrying gays, we put you in jail for not taking that number. You say, well, they won't do that. Well, my friend, <laughs> They're locking you up for defying any laws they pass. These are religious laws. Government are enforcing with penalizing your freedom, and putting you in jail and prison. And eventually, you could lose your head. You could lose your life. You say, well, I don't think so. Well, there are countries right now you could lose your life for saying no or for declaring your petty because you're a Christian. See, a Christian in many countries is dangerous. You could be killed. Your house could be burnt down. Your car could be taken away. Your job could be taken from you because that's what's happening in our world today. But I won't tell you, 1948 plus 70, give me 2018. Everybody said, what, what are you doing? Prophesying? No, I'm not prophesying. I'm saying in 2018, the world will see this generation come to of age. I believe this is the last generation before Jesus comes. Your kids, if the Lord tarry, got to face the Antichrist. You will too on your way out. Because the man is alive. But God hold him back. Did you know Judas was up to age 30 when he when he when he when he when he walked out on Jesus? All those years nobody knew he was programmed for that position. Hello? Three and a half years in ministry. Worked in miracles with signs and wonders and preaching the gospel. And all the time, the guy is a traitor. An evil one, a devil. Jesus said, you're a devil from the beginning. 
I'm trying to tell you, devils are preaching the gospel. Devils are working miracles. <laughs> devils are doing all the things that will make you believe on them that they're okay. Well, they're not. Now, the most dangerous man on earth till the Antichrist comes is the Pope. I can prove to you the Pope will be the man that will be the one to hand you over to the Antichrist. You say, I don't believe it. Can you name any religion on earth who is well favored more than that harlot? The well favored harlot. The mistress of what? Witchcraft. When she see this man come, she will be that little prophet spoken of in chapter 13 who demand that you take the number and the image of that man. Look for yourself at the Bible. She will look like a lamb and speak with the mouth of a what? A dragon! And she was more dangerous than the man himself. Because it's her idea that you should be killed if you don't take the number or his name. Now, church, I'm telling you these truth because it's true. The Inquisition and all the wars they had in Europe between Islam and the Crusades and the Templar who was fighting those wars? Who were crucifying people? Who wrote the books, Foxes, Marchers? Who were the guys doing the killing of those things? And around the world, those days are coming back. Slowly, but surely. But thank God the church don't have to worry about it because God have a plan for us. Now I believe, I believe, and I told you already last year and this year again, by 2018, our world system is going to drastically change. I see the economy is falling. I hear on the radio today, your own mayor said on the radio that half of the workforce have lost their job. When people can't buy or can't sell, they'll do exactly as they did in Egypt. They sold themselves to Joseph. And they'll give all that they own just to get one more bread for the night. Because Satan said, all that a man has will he give to save his skin. But Jesus rebuttal and said, don't fear him that can destroy the flesh, but destroy the soul and the spirit in hell. Fear him. In other words, if you love your life, Amen. More than Jesus Christ, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for Jesus Christ's sake, you'll regain it. Because he did walk it from the grave triumphantly. To let you know, I've got power over death on the grave. I've got the keys. I, Satan don't have the keys. I've got the keys. Hello? Satan is in chapter 12 of Revelation. What his name is called? Chapter 9 also. What his name is called? Apollyon. Look at those names. That's what those names really mean. The next three years, we're going to see the world change. 
We're going to see what happens after September is gone, October. What kind of changes are going to take place in our country? How will it affect you and your walk with God? We know now if you interfere with a certain lifestyle, you can go to jail for it. We know right now they can, they can lock you up for saying certain things against certain sexual behavior. What else is coming? What other pressure will put on you? Hello, when your children at school is teaching stuff you don't agree with, how will you cope? When your husband and or your wives are put into a compromised situation just to get a morsel of bread, what will you do? Think about it. The apostles warned of that day. Now, church, by 2018, I think something's going to happen, and we can look up to Jesus. Let's praise him right now. There's going to be a seven-year period. Seven-year period. And I believe the seven-year period must happen within the year 2000 frame. In fact, to, they said this week, October, for Israel, it will be countdown to 6,000 years since Adam. How significant is that? Hosea chapter 3 and Hosea chapter 6 says, after two days, God would raise them up. So what happened last week? Israel, lights went into the mosque. Amen. The Temple of Mount. And started to reclaim it because of their festivity coming up in October. What did the Arabs do? Fought. Can you imagine in the temple, they're firing bullets. Amen. And firecrackers, which is a sacrilegious behavior. But they're doing that. Why are the Israelites trying to reclaim it? Because they felt the Temple Mount is where they should build their temple. And they want to put it there. And so all these nations in prophecy are coming together right now under your eyes and my eyes and my nose and your nose. And we don't know what's going on. Hello. Come on now, folks. But when that seven years starts, we better not be here. Because the Bible says that 70 week, there's going to be a priest treated sign around the world for a while under the offices of a man of sin. Whoever that man is, he's around and ready to go. Gog and Magog and Russia and China and all these countries, they're all, you know, flexing their muscles. And America is too chicken to do anything about it. Even the eagle is backing up. Hello? And we're seeing it happening under our nose. But what should the church do? In the evening time, there shall be light. Because when you see these things, your Messiah, Jesus Christ, is on his way. He is coming. Now, he cannot come in the first three and a half years. Why? Because that's the time for the Antichrist, that white horse rider, to do his thing. Revelation chapter 4. Go there. I'll point some things out to you. That's the catching away of this church. Chapter 4. Chapter 5 is you going to meet your reward in heaven. While you're doing that, the earth is going through conflagration and changes politically, spiritually, economically, every way possible that's destructive. Everything Jesus Christ mentioned in Luke 21 and Mark 13 and 
and Matthew 24 are going to be fulfilled in the most gross, amen, wicked level like man has never seen before. When Satan is on earth, bound, and can't go back up, Bible says he's angry. Now, church, you know if you're a hunter, if you've ever wounded an animal, he's very what? Angry. The lamb is wounded, and he's angry. The bear is wounded, and he's angry. And the dragon is wounded, and he's angry. So everybody's what? Angry. Troubles like you have never seen. Now, the first three and a half years when we're gone, we're going to go to meet Jesus Christ in the fifth chapter and get our reward from Jesus. While that's going on, the earth is burning up, fighting, killing each other. And then Jesus Christ is going to open the seals and release, let's hear me now, a seal on the earth. The first one is the man of sin that we preach about. Finally, everybody's going to know who this guy is. Everybody's going to know him. And church, they're going to worship him. They're going to worship the dragon and him and, and say, there's nobody like him. You know why? Because the church is not here to oppose him. There were no opposing forces. Everyone will be bowing to him. The UN will bow to him. Russia and the world will bow to him and all that stuff. Amen. And when the seals are open, up come Moses and Elijah. We're going to preach to Israel that Jesus is the Messiah. And amen. For three and a half years, they preached it successfully. And 144,000 Jews are going to believe. And the rest won't. Because they're renegade Jews. And the Bible said, in the middle of three and a half years, a temple will be built. A peace treaty will be made with Israel, backsliding country. And they will kill Moses and Elijah. Now, church, hear this. And their bodies shall stay on the earth, I come to a close, for three and a half, for, for how many days? So many days? Why? In a city called what? Sodom. Why is it called Sodom? I'll tell you why when the mic is turned off. Hallelujah. Moses and Elijah and the Antichrist and the peace treaty and the war, the famine, the death, and the martyrdom and the first four seals are going to be released in the first three and a half years when you're gone. And that's going to happen before the year, two, before year 2025, somewhere there. How do you know that, Pastor Neil? I feel it in my system. I feel it in my system. Sudden. No warning. Went to bed, preach for the tomorrow. Wall. Wall. Deeper. Gone. In the moment. In the twinkle of an eye. Church. You're going to realize how blessed you are to be in church like tonight. You're going to realize how blessed you are because right now at the UN where the Pope is going to stand in two days' time, we had a representative who stood there and declared that Jesus Christ is the man of peace that the world is looking for and Acts 2.38 is the plan of salvation to escape the wrath to come. I'm telling you, God has not left himself without a weakness. 
In those days, you're going to call pastoring and preaching blessed. You won't now, but you will later on. And church, when those seeds are open, turn right there right now. The sixth chapter of Revelation. We're not God writing to you and to me and telling you and me what's happening. The sixth chapter of Revelation. When the Lamb, Jesus Christ, opened the seed, and I'm going to say tonight, Jesus cannot open those seals in your absence. You're going to have to be there with him watching him doing it. You're going to be there with crowns on your head and a white gown on, sitting on thrones, judging the world. The first three and a half years after you're gone is allowing the world to worship Satan like they wanted to. And they're going to kill each other and murder each other, and as a result, God is going to withdraw his peace from them. Then, the Bible says, they're going to martyr Jews. Anti-Semitism is going to take place. They are the souls under the altar. They got killed because they believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and their own brethren are going to turn on them. Where will you be with the Lord? Absent from the earth? present with the Lord. You're going to find a church. One of these nights you're going to go to your bed and not wake up on this earth. You're going to sit right beside Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You're going to have that experience. I'm telling you, my friend, get ready for it. Don't, don't get your earth to mind. You missed the rapture. You better plan to be with Jesus Christ because the hour is now. The night is far spent and the day of the Lord is coming on. I'm trying to tell you, get ready to leave earth. See what song? I'm getting ready to leave this earth. Praise the Lord. Now, church, I want to tell you this much. When that three and a half years finish, then Satan will be kicked out of heaven. Hello? Kicked down upon the earth for the last time. He will no longer be the prince of the air, but he'll be the God of this world. And he will come with wrath and anger. And the 12th chapter, the first thing I'm going to do is go right to Jerusalem, Palestine, and try to kill all the Jews. And that's why Ezekiel 38 and 39 is true. And Psalms 83. All the Arabs and all the, 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 the Muslims are going to come against Israel to wipe her out. And that's when Jesus Christ will have to step in, but not yet. First, He's going to use those nations to whip the body of Israel who play footsie with them on the table. Hello? And once they whip Israel into submission, only one-third of the Jews will survive of the many nations of Jews around the world. And so, in the middle of the week, the covenant is broken, Satan is cast upon the earth, Chapter 12 and verse 7 to 13, Daniel 12, 1 to 2, says on the earth now, he's bound, he can't go back up. The church is not here for him to whip anymore. He's going to turn on Israel. And that's where Zechariah 14 comes into play. So the land shall be divided, and my people shall be raped and ravished, and they will be overran. Amen. And they will have to cry, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The 13th chapter of Zechariah said they'll say that. 
And then Jesus Christ is going to start pouring out, amen, first upon Rome. These ten horns are going to be so angry with the Vatican, they're literally going to nuclear bomb Rome out of existence and destroy her palace, her kingdom. Roman Catholicism will be a thing of the past. The papacy will be gone. And this guy will declare himself absolute God on earth. Think about it. That's when the economy is going to crash. Because all the economy of Rome will be gone. Chapter 17 and 18. Who's going to do it? The ten kings of the earth. Going to turn on her and hate her because God put it in their heart. Now, church, this is not 20 years to come. It could be within two, three, five years. It's at the door. I'm talking about a, a sudden change, a wind moving, taking place at a time when the world is not ready for it. But you've got to be ready because this is written to tell you what's going to happen. To the church, God sent his angels to tell you these things. And the Bible said, the great tribulation begins. Hello. Now, God opened up the vials, the trumpet, and the seals. And when it's done, only one-third of earth population will survive. Hear me now, church. One-third. Now, I don't believe if anybody left that in the city here, you... Mark it down. You'll be a dead duck. You can't convince me you're going to escape. The death angel walking across this earth. Huh? China alone. Coming with her. How many men and army coming across from the river Euphrates and from Gog and Magog. Going to wipe out most of the earth's population. That's her alone. The Bible described her. The dragon. The red dragon. It's China. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention Islam. The party of death. Kill men. Think about it. And so, we're going to find Jesus Christ will be sought after. The Jews are going to pray. God, you abandoned us. Where are you? And they're hiding in the foxholes. And all of a sudden, Jesus Christ gather up all the armies of the earth with the help of the papal system that left behind the pieces of it and the Antichrist and meet in the valley of Megiddo right here. They're going to meet right here. Right here. And they're going to fight against the one coming back from heaven. Let's close on this. Chapter 19. Go there. Church, how could I turn down sunlight service this is Saints Night. This is Saints Night. This is when I talk to you about our legacy. Jesus Christ said, I go prepare a place for you. Are you, you know what the place is? Chapter 21, 22 of Revelation. That's where that place is. And John said, I saw him. But I want you to go there, church. I want you to go there. Amen. And the Bible says, no. Amen. That Jesus Christ is coming. He and the Lamb's wife, riding on a white horse. Look, church, the first time he came over here, he came on a donkey. Over here, he's coming on a white horse, riding. I'm telling you, Tabernacle Praise Church has the message. This ain't no mess. 
You're in the right church when you're in this church. Uh, we got the truth. Uh, we're not being deceived. We're telling them, don't be deceived. Uh, the world is stand. The world is deceived. The world is not ready for him. Church, in the valley of Megiddo, my wife and I have been to Megiddo. If you're brave enough, you can go there too and see for yourself what it looks like. There's no landmass in North America as big like it. It's for miles. It is wide. And the Bible says when Jesus Christ stepped out of hiding and stepped, those that pierced him, which means Rome, the Roman system, hello, hello, are going to see him. The Maastricht Treaty system is going to see him. And when he stepped out on that horse, when they look at him, their eyes are going to melt in the socket. You don't believe it? Read the 14th chapter of Zechariah. Please read for yourself. And they're going to, the skin going to fall right off. And with the sword of his mouth, he's going to destroy them. And in that day, church, nation will no longer fight against nation. Kingdoms will no longer fight against kingdoms because all the kings of the earth will be defeated. All the nuclear weapons, I can just imagine church, they were throwing a bomb at Jesus and he said, bomb, turn back. Return to sender. Address unknown. Can you imagine Jesus Christ doing that, folks? How many think he can do that? Amen. The sea obeyed him. He told the, 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 the water, don't cross that sand barrier. It doesn't, right? He said they're going to put iron bars to stop him. He said, I'll just burn right through it. Oh, that day we're going to see him, and they're going to know who God is. When he comes in flaming fire with vengeance. Now, church, I'm going to provoke you one more time. Every one of you in this church need this book. Go find Sister Robin and give her a hard time. And say, go find that book. Find the book for the saints. Find it. And give it to them. And study it. And tell me, God, you find one mistake, come and tell me about it. But if you don't want to do it, that's your problem. You don't have to. This was written way back in, I think it was written. Amen. Way back in 19-something. I can't tell the day on here. Way back when. I saw hundreds of these around the states already. Amen. I called one time and said, Pastor Neil, it's false. It's not true. Amen. Way back in 1996. How long ago was that? One article, 1996. You need to know. And also, folks, go and find Brother Miles and badger him for every tape I preach on the end time. And make sure you understand what's going on. So what if tomorrow your job is taken from you and your home is taken from you? You see, you don't think it can happen. But, honey, it can happen. The only thing sure today is death and taxes. But more sure than that is coming of Jesus Christ. You don't own anything. And your life is just like a vapor. It could be gone in a moment. And from riches to rags, you could become in a second. 
For the people that know their God. They sung that song, Jehovah Jireh. Come sing it again one more time. Come and sing it for us one more time. Jehovah Jireh. Because I almost preached on that tonight, but I thought, oh God, these people don't believe me. I preached my heart out this morning, he didn't believe me. I could tell that by the stare I got on the looks. But I thought, God, I know I'm right. We better have a revelation of who Jesus is. When he comes, after his war is over, for a thousand years, nation shall not lift up what? Sword against nation. Now shall they learn war anyone? Anymore. Racial conflict will be a thing of the past. There'll be no more Satan. He'll be bound for a thousand years in the pits of hell. And the and the, and the lake and the lake of fire will be reserved for the Pope and the Antichrist. They're going alive into the lake of fire to wait for a thousand years to be over. And then, after the last battle, God comes one more time, and they'll all end up in the lake of fire. Then come the great judgment. It's the faith you've been here all these years I've been preaching. Have I changed the message about coming, Lord? Does the mean have I changed it? There doesn't need to be no correction here. See it one more time. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. You're in chapter 4 right now of Revelation. Ready for the rapture of the church. Catching away. They want to imprison you and me because of our conscientious objection to immorality and the laws of Sodom and the laws of days of Noah. But church, hold fast. Sing it. Lord, you reign in victory. Jehovah Shalom. Yes, come on, capture it. My Prince of Peace, as I worship you because of who you are. Jehovah Shalom.